Blog Talk Radio. This is Cale Brown. Now, I didn't play a doctor on TV, but I will prescribe Brandon's Buzz for absolutely anybody who wants to know what's really going on. Hey, guys, this is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. This is Taylor Dane, and you are listening to the one and only Brandon Buzz. Hi, this is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. This is Linda Dano. I'm on Brandon's Buzz, and I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah. This is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big. I'm live and kicking on Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Dave Romero, and you're going to love buzzing with Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon. Tuesday night, February 20th, 2017. It is 10 p.m. back east. It's 7 p.m. right here in rainy California. And I'm thrilled to be back tonight and back with nothing less than a legend. You know, in the year of our Lord, 1980, partly on the advice of his friend Dabney Coleman, who urged him not to dismiss acting on a soap opera as something that was beneath him, an actor by the name of Eric Braden, who had already made quite a name for himself throughout the 1970s, playing featured roles in films and guesting on the primetime series of the day, accepted what was originally meant to be a three-month role as a villain on The Young and the Restless. Little did Mr. Braden know at that time that his short-term part, that of ruthless billionaire corporate raider Victor Newman, would catch fire with the audience, thanks in large part to his electrifying chemistry with a number of his on-screen leading ladies, and that 37 full years later, he would still be the primary mover and shaker among the Genoa City set. Eric has just documented the story of all of the above, as well as how he made the journey from war-torn Germany, where he was born, to the wilds of Hollywood, in his brand new memoir, I'll Be Damned, a spectacularly dishy, rip-snorting read, which has just landed in bookstores via the good folks at HarperCollins. You know, I literally grew up watching The Young and the Restless at my grandmother's knee. That was her soap from the day it debuted until the day she shuffled off of this mortal coil. And when I had the opportunity to chat with Eric about the book a couple weeks ago, all I could think about was what she would have thought if she had known her grandson would one day chat with the man who brings the Victor Newman to glorious life every single day. You know, I only had a tight window with Mr. Braden, who was on a whirlwind tour promoting I'll Be Damned, but we were able to cut across a wide selection of conversation topics in a relatively short time, including his thoughts on having spent most of the past four decades as a soap icon, his reflections on various of his co-stars from throughout those years, and, of course, how he feels about the current turbulent political climate in this country that he loves and reveres with his entire soul. Appreciate that. We're talking about the book "I'll Be Damned." Of course, your your new uh, memoir that's just come out. Uh, tell me why you wrote this book. Why now? Why this was the time for this to to uh, be you know, your project? That's a good question, but I think it had to do with the fact that I've been urged partly by my family to do it, and by some uh, writers that had interviewed me in the past. They had suggested that I do my biography, and I then most reluctantly 
entered upon that adventure, and I'm now happy I did it. There you are. You know, it's an incredible story. It really is. I I uh, got an, an, an advanced copy of the book last week, and I've been engrossed in it for a few days now, and it really is a great story. Uh, that's so nice to hear. I really appreciate that. You know, the phrase, I'll be damned, which was suggested to you, should be the title of the book, and which has become kind of synonymous with the character of Victor. Uh, how did that come to exist? Right. Was that was that it, scripted it, intentionally, was, or did you just start throwing that in? No, I, I just threw that in. There are a lot of uh, little sayings that usually come from me. And when we had to decide on the title of the book, I just said, hey, I say that a lot. <laughs> the people on um, Twitter tell me they like it, so why not? I'll be damned. That's it. You know, it really is perfect. Do they script it now, or do you still just throw it in from time to time? No, I still throw it in whenever I feel like it. You got that? You got that? Okay. Perfect. You know what I'm saying, Billy Boy? Yeah. Anyway. You know, That's you spend right. the first the first uh, main chunk of the book talking about your German heritage, and you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to give away the whole story because I want people to go buy the book and actually read it. But mm-hmm. but uh, you know. Uh, uh, what I'm curious about is is this doesn't need to devolve into a huge political discussion, and you know I won't ask you no. to divulge your politics the way I think I know them. Uh, right. uh, but when you look around and when you see what's happening, what's happening in the White House over the past few weeks, I mean, are you concerned about the course that that we seem to be on? Well, let me put it this way: I have a deep, deep faith in America's strength, in its resilience and its reliance on its constitution. And it's one of the few countries in the world that can always hark back to its constitution. That is the bedrock of America. So I'm not worried about some guy coming in and wanting to question certain things. It doesn't bother me. It'll pass. I understand, though, why certain people reacted to what I think is dishonest promise. In other words, the blue-collar workers that lost jobs in the Rust Belt states are rightfully upset. No question about it. Are you kidding? I've come from that world, and they're rightfully upset. Neither the Democratic Party nor the Republican Party has a real solution for the loss of jobs. They don't have a real solution to the problem of globalization and the process of automation. And that is the reason for the loss of job. Not one party or the other. That's bullshit. Having said that, the only way you can, I think, re-employ a large part of those people who lost their jobs, I think the only way to re-establish that is by unleashing a huge infrastructure program in America where you rebuild all the roads. I'm just now driving in Connecticut and New York. And, man, the roads need repair badly, okay? The same thing goes for California. Spend public funds on the rebuilding of America's infrastructure. Now, Obama tried to do that, but he was blocked by the Republican Congress. And you and I thought we weren't going to get into politics. But that's the truth. That's the truth. They have been willfully obstructionist for eight damn years. And to be quite frank with you, it pisses me off. Having said that... If the man who's in power right now, if he is able to convince Congress to spend public monies on the rebuilding of America's infrastructure, then good for him. That would be great. 
and would employ a whole lot of people. You know, I, I, one of the things I took away from your book is that you, you seem to have a bit of a relationship with Angela Merkel, who, of course, is the head of state in Germany now. And, and you know, reports right. had it that that she was Barack Obama's closest friend in terms of, you know, global diplomacy and alliance. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, it, it, she was his best pal mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, for lack of a better of a better way to phrase that. And and surely that was good for Germany and it was good for us and it was good for Europe and it was good for the world. Uh, where do you see those relationships and that dynamic headed in the next four and God well, forbid eight me, years? Let me put it this way. Barack Obama was loved in Europe on the whole. Barack Obama ran into difficulty in the Middle East. But who the hell wouldn't? Who the hell wouldn't? The damage caused and unleashed by Bush after the invasion of Iraq, people have such short memory when it comes to history they don't realize it ain't got nothing to do with Obama's presidency or this guy's presidency. The damage was caused by the Bush invasion of Iraq, period. Enormous damage done. They created inadvertently all the terrorists of Al-Qaeda and now ISIS that we are now fighting by undoing Saddam Hussein's army, which consisted of Sunnis. Now, we know that there's an enormous split. Anyone from the damn Washington think tanks should have gone to Bush and said, listen, boy, listen, you don't go in there without upsetting the apple cart. Whatever you think of Saddam Hussein, he controls the country, and he is an arch enemy of Iran. If we go in and we remove Saddam Hussein, we create a geopolitical vacuum, meaning by virtue of the fact that most Iraqis are Shiites, they will take over, meaning we create a natural ally of Iran. Is that in our interest? No. Did anyone think that far? No. It so pisses me off that no one talks about that anymore. It has had enormous consequences. So Obama, the mistake he made as far as Syria was concerned, he expressed rather loudly that if Syria, if Assad would cross a red line by using chemical weapons, we would interfere. Now, what he did manage to do, Obama, is to tell Assad to no longer use them. That's true. But in my opinion, I think we should have given that boy Assad something to remember and (laughs) uh, gotten him out of there. But then I don't blame Obama because of our experience in Libya. Who could have foreseen what would happen in Libya and Egypt? Who could have foreseen that? You tell me the guy's smart enough to say, oh, if we remove Gaddafi, we unleash hell. So uh, there we are. Well, let's move on to happier subjects then. You know, you know, I loved that you, uh, you name-checked Dabney Coleman's in the book. And, and you know, I'm not yeah. even sure that younger folks who will listen to this conversation will even recognize the name Dabney Coleman. But, you know, he, at least in his performances, tends to project a very gruff – maybe slightly acerbic air about the men that he portrays, very much like yourself, I guess. And, and, you know, Dabney, you tell us in the book, was very much the person who made you see things differently in terms of the stigma of working and acting in soaps. We are both no-bullshit guys, you know? That's all. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Dabney and I played tennis together. He was a hell of a tennis player. He's very good athlete. So, uh, and I trusted his judgment. He had done the soap before, and he said, listen, do it, you'll love it. And upon that recommendation, did I sort of begin to put my feet in the water. Sure. And here I am, 30, 
seven years later, and I'll be damned. <laughs> On what was supposed to be a three-month roll. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, it, it occurs to me that younger fans of The Young and the Restless may have no connect, no genuine connection at all to the to the name Bill Bell and, and his work and what his work was. Right. Uh, tell me about working with him. Tell me about knowing him and being being uh I don't want to say you were a friend of his but perhaps you were but no. but you know you no. were certainly uh close com- close uh, compatriots in arms no, I I'm not I'm not friends with anyone on the show we really are not friends with each other because we work so damn hard that we have no time <laughs> to get to know each other really sure. I mean it, this is the hardest working medium there is we do over 100 pages a day you just sort of pass each other and say hey man how's it going what's happening ba 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 everything cool family fine okay on to the next scene. I mean, that's how rapacious uh, this whole system in daytime is. It's extraordinary. And you better stay on your toes. You have no time for bullshit or getting to know each other. You know, it was surprising to me when you said that you really don't know much about Melody Thomas Scott's personal life. And she doesn't know all that much about yours either. Uh, That's that's, uh, Uh -uh. such a surprising thing to read after you've been co-stars for for 30 years. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the perception is that that you guys have been, you know, close that entire time. And... Well, we but we are close in a certain way. Do you know what I'm saying? We are close. Uh, it, it's it's a strange thing. We are very close and intimate in a working situation. Do you know what I'm saying? And yet, sure. when that is over, sure. we each go each other's way. That's a curious thing, and I'm sure that happens to a lot of people in workplaces. But I adore working with her, love working with her, and... Uh, Hopefully, we'll continue for another 37 years. Amen. Wait a minute. Take, take a picture of that in your mind. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm 49 now, so. <laughs> so the math adds I up, wish. <laughs> I wish, my man. You know, you mentioned in the book uh, your disdain for originally coming in and playing the one-note villain. And uh, right. you know, but but your show has had some great villains over the years. I mean, you think of you think of Michael Corbett, and you think of Kimberlyn Brown, and you think of uh, mm. you know Eddie Cibrian, and and more recent people like Ray Wise and Stacey Haddock. I mean, mm. I assume you've come to recognize now how vital the villain role is to the overall canvas of a soap. Oh hell yes, and that right. But the villain role with a touch of vulnerability and humanity that explains why he is who he is. That was Bill Bell's enormous contribution and he and I had talked about it and he agreed and he came up with a brilliant storyline and that's why I'm still there really that's why I'm still there you know uh, talk to me about Bill a little bit were you able to were you able to talk to him were you able to get him on the phone or you know go to his office or whatever it was were you able to sit down and have conversations with him some actors do that more than others I never did really very rarely he got me and we had one conversation about that subject matter of explaining Victor's background uh, sure. so that we could play a larger character. And sure. uh, he got that immediately, and, and he got me. You know, it's it's uh, it's no secret that YNR has had a bit of a rough go of things since Bill Bell passed, just with you know various producers and writers coming in and trying to put their stamp on the show right. without necessarily paying heed to its incredibly rich legacy and history uh, you know uh, right. let's let's be charitable and say that some have been more successful than others in in terms of that pursuit but you know for you as an yes. actor is it difficult yes. to stay true to yourself and to who you know Victor Newman is 
when the material on the page just you know isn't quite making sense or just isn't quite there? Very good question. I am as much as I can true to the character, and when they veer too far from it, I will certainly let them know in no uncertain terms. But having said that, I have enormous respect for writers. Enormous respect. It's the most difficult job in our in our business, be it nighttime, film, whatever. Writing is the most difficult job, period. So I have a deep respect for them. And I have respect for the fact that some of them try to go in a different direction. Sure. So you go along with it for a while, and then suddenly you realize that, holy shit, now <laughs> you're going in a direction that I don't want to go into. Okay? <laughs> Then you pull them back. You strike me as somebody who doesn't who doesn't suffer fools gladly in that respect. No, <laughs> I don't. You got that right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you you, you uh, write a fair amount in the book about your admiration for Peter Bergman and and but you know the intense Victor Jack rivalry long predates Peter's time on the show and and I couldn't help but be disappointed that you didn't really write much about Terry Lester who's iconic performance as Jack was really rather essential in what made, uh, you know, Y&R such appointment viewing in the 80s. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about working with Terry. I just remember Terry to have been a very gifted actor. He was a damn good actor. But to be frank with you, I have, um, it, it would have been different. It's working very well with Peter. Sure. I respect Peter enormously. One of the most prepared actors I've ever worked with. I have great respect for him, and it's working well. And I think it's fair to say that you and Peter took that rivalry to a different place that that you and Terry may not have ever been able to get to in terms of your working dynamic. It's just different. It's just different. You know, Peter and I have an easier time pissing each other off. So (laughs) (laughs) there you are. You know, you, you talk a lot about the great Jeannie Cooper in your book, and in her book, she told a great story about how she always struggled with you to have the last word in a scene uh, <laughs> whenever you whenever you two had had scenes together. And, and I was yeah. wondering if you knew what a what a thing that was with her in terms of trying to one up you in that fashion. Did you realize what a what a pursuit that was for her, or, or were you surprised reading that? I had no clue, but I loved working with Jeannie. Loved working with her. She was a body bra. They should have filmed her and my banner together before a scene. Uh, that would have <laughs> that would have made the outtake wheels very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I loved her. You know, you you, you talk about her uh, not knowing that that her last scene was was her last scene, and and you know, part of me thinks that in her heart of hearts, she really did know that that was probably her last scene, and and Jess probably yeah. knew that that was her last time working with her. Uh, just because of you, you know, know the way things were going in, with her health at the time. I got to tell you, I was there on stage when she did that scene, and it moved me a lot. I got to tell you, it moved me a lot. I had such respect for her, for her to have survived this tough business. Jess Walton is a great actress, you one bet. of an actress, and they indeed had a great rivalry. It was fun to watch. So do you see yourself being a Gene Cooper and, you know, being dragged out of their, uh, you know, feet first? Or, or do you see a finite end to your run as Victor Newman? I mean, do you want to do, do this for the rest of time? Or, or my man, are you going to be done at some point? Rest- I am young and restless. What can I tell you? <laughs> let's, let's keep it at that, okay? I don't think about that other stuff. I'm young and restless. Keep on marching. 
Move forward. <laughs> Don't take any shit. No prisoners. Let's go. You understand? I understand. I don't think about all that stuff. <laughs> Unlike Macbeth in Shakespeare, when he says, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow <laughs> creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time, and all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dust to death. Out, out, brief candle. Life is but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is hurt no more. Do you understand? That's pessimistic. I'm not like that. Move on forward. I love life. You know, you have you were the lead star of The Young and the Restless this past year and, and really for the last several years, and yet I feel like I never see your name in the Emmy pre-nomination lists year after year. I mean, have you decided to to just I step entirely away from that game? Or, or I, I, what's I going on here? Why aren't you up for the Emmys every year? I stepped away from it for a long time, and I essentially think it is... I don't know. If if if, if, if you hold, hold it in your hands, it's a nice feeling. Otherwise, I don't give a damn. I really don't. What mostly disturbed me about the Emmy Awards were the ceremony. You know, it used to be pretty good a long time ago. Sure. And um, whoever produces it makes an egregious mistake by always extrapolating the most ridiculous scenes of every soap that they show. What the <laughs> hell? We need... We need further denigration of our medium, which is so little understood by fellow professionals who would pee in their pants if they had to do what we do. <laughs> you understand? Yeah, Most guys doing films, starring in a film, big deal. Are you kidding me? If you can't do that, go home. Or a nighttime television series. What is that? You look through a microscope and play detective or something, and that's a big deal? Nothing to do with acting. Come to our medium. Come to do a soap, and then I want to see you sweat a little. Trust me, most of them do. <laughs> they have no idea. When they have those pages of dialogue in front of them, they will do in their pants, I promise you. The only thing that counts in our business are ratings, okay? How much do people like us? How much is the audience? We owe everything to the audience, everything. And I hope they'll buy I'll Be Damned in order to find out what goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, quickly, uh, uh, just a couple things before I let you go here. Uh, uh, you know, a friend of mine, we just lost the the great Mary Tyler Moore last week or a couple weeks ago. And, oh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, a friend of mine on Twitter was asking me uh, to ask you just about your memories of working with her. You did a, you did a very memorable uh, guest stint on her show back in the 70s. And, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear a memory of working with her and working with that cast. I remember very well. She was a sweet lady, very sweet lady, very charming, very warm, very welcoming. And I knew Ed Asner and Gavin McLeod and Ted Knight. I'd known them before, liked them all, respected them all enormously. I loved doing that show, loved it. That show and Gunsmoke are my two favorite shows. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Really. Very, James Arness. Cool. James Arness. Matt Dillon. Was a, he was about six foot seven. And when he started laughing, he laughed like a horse. So before scenes, sometimes we couldn't shoot the damn thing because we were laughing so hard. Anyway, but <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore was a sweet lady. Loved her. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, uh, my grandmother 
was uh, the biggest fan of yours and of the Young and the Restless. When I was a kid, she had a catfish restaurant, and she opened at noon every day. And the reason she opened at noon every day was that uh, in the panhandle of Texas, up near Amarillo. I don't know if you know Texas very well, but... I, but, well, one of my first places was Galveston, Texas. Anyway, go oh, on. Oh, great. Yeah, sure. But anyway, the reason she opened at noon every day was because The Young and the Restless came on at 11. And she could watch The Young and the Restless while she was, you know, cleaning the kitchen and getting everything ready for the day. And and so, you know, you when The Young and the Restless went off, she knew it was time to open her restaurant. And so, you know, you, she passed away see, in 1999, but, but she would, your mother, she would just your be... Mother knew her, your mother knew her priorities. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> Bless her soul. Know, if she right. knew that I was talking to you today, she would be flipping over cartwheels, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's nice. That's <laughs> so sweet. I enjoy that. Well, I tell you what, yeah. I love The Young and the Restless, and I loved the book, I'll Be Damned, and I hope everybody goes and buys it, and uh, I wish you the best. I know you're on a grueling promotional run trying to promote this book, and, and I wish you the best of luck with this and, and with 37 more years as Victor Newman. My man, you're a good interviewer, and I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you very much. And I thank you. And say hello. It was a great thrill talking to you today. Thank you so much. All right. Be cool. Thank you very much. Uh, For the record, Mr. Braden, Charlie Rose is a good interviewer. Diane Sawyer is a good interviewer. All I am is the person who keeps the lights on around Brandon's buzz. But I take the compliment with great gratitude, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate having had the opportunity to bend your ear for a few minutes and chat you up about your incredible books. Or one more time, Eric Braden's spanking new best-selling memoir, available wherever books are sold, is entitled I'll Be Damned. Subtitle, How My Young and Restless Life Led Me to America's Number One Daytime Drama. And you surely know that the name of said daytime drama is The Young and the Restless, where you'll find Mr. Braden starring now, as he has for the past 37 years, as the one and only Victor Newman, weekdays on CBS. Check your local listings. You know, before we wrap this up, let me say a quick thank you to the fabulous publicist at HarperCollins Publishers by the name of Maureen Cole, who, when I reached out to them about possibly booking Mr. Braden on this program, leapt instantly into action, slipped me an advanced copy of the book, and moved heaven and earth to sketch out a half an hour out of uh, you know Eric's packed promotional schedule just for little old me. I wish all of my bookings could come together this easily and painlessly, Maureen, and I pray that our respective paths shall cross again very soon. I also need to give a shout-out to Kibby Irving, the assistant publicist at HarperCollins, who helped Eric connect with me on the day that we conducted this interview and who sent me the sweetest email afterwards just to thank me. Darling, thank you. You guys are the best, and you are the best, you fans and listeners of this program, and thanks once again for checking out Brandon's Buzz. If you're listening, then you clearly already know how to find the show, but in case you don't, three places online, blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz is home base for this show. It's Mission Control. That's where you can see what's on the show, what's been on the show, what's coming on the show. You can send emails. You can leave messages. You can leave comments. It really is Mission Control, home base for Brandon's Buzz. Again, it's blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. You can also find me at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. There at the top of any page is a blue button marked radio. That takes you to a full radio archive, every episode of this show, uh, in order. This is episode number 103. This and all previous 102 episodes, all available in the radio archive at brandonsbuzz.com. Yeah, you can also find me on iTunes, guys. I'm on iTunes. Just type Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box. Scroll down to the podcast section. Find my Puzzle Piece logo. Click on that. That takes you to every episode, all 103 episodes of Brandon's Buzz, available as a free 
download a free podcast from the iTunes Music Store. So again, I'm everywhere. I'm on iTunes, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. Google the words Brandon's Buzz and something will pop up that points you in my direction. As always, thank you guys for coming in my direction. Thank you guys for listening to me and finding me. And I hope you continue finding and listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, everybody out there. This is Eileen Kristen, and I have just been on Brandon's Buzz. This is a great show and a very sophisticated mind. So spread the word, Brandon's Buzz. This is Claire Massey from Tammy Show, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Great guy. Great show. Check hey it out. Hey, guys. This is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. So if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it. Baby, when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon Buzz, the place to be. Hi, everybody. This is Nicholas Walker. Merci à vous tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blog Talk Radio. Bonsoir et à très bientôt. <laughs>